At a recent in-person interview at Facebook headquarters, I learned that there was over a billion uh, daily active users at Facebook. Uh, and in my most recent interview at eBay headquarters in San Jose, uh, where I spoke with Zohar Karu, who's the VP of Global Customer Optimization and Data at eBay, uh, I learned that there's over a billion products for sale at eBay. While Facebook is the world's largest social network, eBay is, uh, without a doubt, the world's largest marketplace. Again, a billion products for sale. As you can imagine, that keeps data scientists rather busy at eBay. And Zohar speaks with us uh, on this episode of the Tech Emergence podcast about how eBay leverages their data and machine learning to create a better experience for their customers and also for their sellers. Some very important lessons here for anybody looking to sell things online to glean eBay's perspective on how they pull it off. Very interesting interview. It was a real blast to be at eBay's new sort of revamped uh, San Jose uh, headquarters. If you can take a look at the pictures that go along with this episode, uh, that would very much add to sort of the overall experience. I hope that if nothing else, you get a lot out of this interview. I certainly enjoyed uh, hosting it. So, uh, Zohar, I wanted to go first into what eBay's main applications are of uh, predictive analytics or applying artificial intelligence. You've got so many sellers, so many buyers, you know, more data than 99.99% of the companies in the world. Um, where, where are the big, what are the big nuts you guys are trying to crack with artificial intelligence today? Oh, absolutely. So, uh, as, as you know, eBay is uh, the world's biggest marketplace where we're trying to build and bring together buyers and sellers, uh, and we are always looking for ways to help uh, people succeed on both sides. Yep. So eBay, you know, eBay will be successful, for example, when its sellers are successful, and if we can arm them with information to help make them more successful, then, uh, you know, we're fueling the engine. The, uh, so we're always looking for, you know, different ways to do that, and the way I would think of eBay as kind of the pulse of the world's economy, we have, because of the vast scope and size in terms of, you know, over 160 million active active buyers. We're in, you know, 190 plus countries, I think. Uh, so we, you know, we see patterns around the globe and patterns in global commerce, and we can kind of shine lights on those mm. and help people mm. uh, see what's going on. So, for example, some of the ways we're employing, you know, machine learning and artificial intelligence to help the buying side of things is to understand individual customers and individual preferences by customers. Not everybody is the same. Not everybody is interested in the same items. We have over a billion different items for sale on eBay, and we can use advanced data science techniques to help you shape that list for individual people. So, for example, we might try to predict uh, out of the uh, many different categories of things we sell on eBay, which category are you likely to be most interested in buying next? And we do that by looking at uh, some of your past behavior on eBay, your buying behavior, your searching behavior, how you've interacted with eBay, how other people who are like you have interacted with eBay and try to make predictions based on that. So we, we are aiming to be as relevant and as personal as possible in with each one of our buyers at every interaction. Right? Got it. So, on the selling side of things, we can try to help uh, uncover kind of aggregate demand signals. Like, what are the top trending items? What are the you know hottest uh, different categories these days? 
And we were able to at least take a stab at that because we see patterns from you know around the world. And we can detect um, bursts in demand, like we saw Pokemon Go, for example, take off in a yeah, hockey yeah, stick I, format. I can imagine. Yeah. So we we watched uh, we watched search patterns. In fact, you can go to www.ebay.com/trending, and you can see some of those top trends. And oh, that's it, it cool. Updates okay. all regularly. Got it. So that, that's one way our sellers can be informed of you know recent bursts in activity uh, that they might want to use to bring more inventory to the platform or change prices or whatever it is. And out of curiosity, does that also have to do to some degree with predicting demand? Sometimes maybe that's all too predictable. Hey, Halloween's coming around. Better have, you know, when someone types in, um, you know, whatever the topic is, we, we, we might as well list costumes because a lot of those searches around Halloween are for costumes. We yep. already know that. Yep. So um, so that, that might be something about predicting demand or, or other various signals. Maybe. Uh, yeah, so just add on, add on to that one point. Sure. Yes, you're absolutely right. The costumes are hot, hot around Halloween. That's pretty obvious. Yeah. What might not be known is when do they start selling? Do they start selling on October 15th? Yeah. October 1st? Yeah. September 15th? September 1st? Like when? So we can see those patterns of how early people are trying to buy these. And we might, you know, we see things that you might not normally see, like, you know, hair dye color spikes up around Halloween things that you might not normally think of, yep, but yep, when yep, you say yep. them, they make sense. Yeah. But you might, and so we see patterns and we can inform our sellers and say, look, this is the kind of stuff that gets hot around this time. And you might want to think about that. That's interesting. And I suppose the more dialed in you can be, again, if we're talking about the efficiency of this market, really interesting to think of eBay as, you know, the, the economic pulse of so many different countries. It's yep. a, a very curious position. You could see how, you know, the World Economic Forum might be like, well, What's the status on that category at yeah. eBay? You know, they yeah. might even want to know that kind of information. That's right. Um, uh, it, it makes sense to have as personalized a, a communication with the sellers as well, right? If, if all sellers got, hey, uh, infant costumes are taking off faster than usual, there's some people that only sell, you know, iPhone parts. Probably doesn't make sense for them right. to, to get that oh, seller sure. message. So, so you have a, a tailored kind of communication and like a likelihood of, of the sellers responding with, with proper action, just like you do with the buyers. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're right. There are different types of sellers. There's a wide community of sellers. Some specialize and some are more general. But uh, we can offer tailored messages and understand, look, there's been a huge demand uh, on like guitars. Yeah. Like we can find the people who are, you know, can sell guitars and have them bring Let them know. Platform, right. Yeah. Uh, because we, we see demand signals on our site, like what people are searching for. Which you know we sell a billion things, but we don't may not have exa- everything every single person is looking for, and we can see those gaps. Yeah, so. that's cool. So um, on the personalization side for the consumers, mm. am I am I proper in thinking of this in some way like the Pandoras and the Amazons of the world of detecting my behavior, looking at aggregate behavior, and uh, you know how long I've listened to something or whatever the case would be, and, and or what I've clicked on and and purchased, and uh, presenting those as more likely search results and or more, more likely homepage results. Is it that kind of an engine? Yeah. It, it's basically like, you know, on Netflix, it'll say movies recommended for you, for yes. example. And it's trying to do that based off of, you know, maybe, like you said, a combination of what might be hot right now, but a combination of what you might be interested in, right? So there's a lot of predictive analytics behind that. Just like if we're trying to surface, um, you know, which deals on eBay you might be most interested in, we can try to filter down from all the different what people would consider deals and say, hey, you're probably going to be most interested in these. Right? Ah, so, okay. So if you run a special, who's going to respond? Yeah, that's right. Interesting. Uh, because I could tell you, it, 
you know, one of my mantras is that variability is opportunity. Not everybody's the same. And because everybody is different, we can try to understand those differences and interact with people in different ways, right? And some people are brand new to the eBay platform. Some people are, you know, 20-year veterans of the eBay platform. So, you know, how, how do we think about interacting with everybody? Some have, you know, interest in skiing. Some other people have interest in, you know, electronics. Some, like, how do I think about the things that are going to ignite your passions and deliver them to you? And how is there anything other than um, is there anything other than eBay information that you guys can gather? Is it literally their activity on that platform is sort of how we define this contact, or, mm -hmm. or are there other ways? There's you know there are external data sources you can do you can try to bring into the platform. Um, you know there have been some 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 a lot of companies have tried uh, different attempts at understanding behavior on social platforms, for example, like looking at you know, Twitter and Facebook and things like that. Uh, those are those are challenging, right? Uh, one imagine. to, you know, because a lot of those conversations aren't necessarily about commerce intent; they're just conversations. Yeah. Uh, and some, and then of course, trying to match that with your eBay data poses its own challenge in some ways, right? So, but you know, the more data we can bring to the table, and the more data that we are able to kind of assign to individual sellers, individual buyers, the more powerful this can can become, right? And you, you said something to that light of variability is opportunity. In, in the data science world, where you obviously play a big role here at eBay, um, if you are able to make those adjustments to the calibrated differences within people, that, that's definitely opportunity, right? Yep. I mean, you guys have ample opportunity for, for that. Um, the consumer side, I think it's a lot more common for my interviews and maybe even for people that have heard about it, is you know, tailoring messaging to consumers. Your work with sellers is really... You know, part of what makes eBay different than anybody else that sells things on the internet is that the, we have this old, a whole other side of the table. Yep. Um, as as you move forward in the next, you know, five years or so, even just two years, um, how do you want to be leveraging your data to make it a richer experience for sellers, for people who maybe aren't used to? There is, as far as I know, not nearly as much homework being done, and and you know, companies applying engaging sellers and bringing the right things to the table. It's much more consumer focused most of the time that at least I have the calls. Um, how, do, how do you see that carrying forward in, in greater depth and, and nuance? Well, I think, you know, the advantage and power of being a marketplace is, as you said, you get to see both sides of the equation, right? Not just the buying side, but you have the demand side and the supply side, both. And they feed off of each other. So if we can uncover demand signals, we feed that information to sellers, that brings people to the platform, more people come to the platform, which causes more people to list things to sell and they feed off of each other, right? And mm -hmm. it goes in a circle. So uh, we, we, are, we have the luxury of being able to kind of fuel that, that flywheel. Yep. Um, so, you know, the challenge is, uh, you know, e eBay, you know, we, we want eBay to, you know, we want the world to shop first on eBay, right? So we want, to, we want people to think of eBay to, as a place that they can find and fulfill kind of their, their yes. passions, right? So we have a very long tail of inventory, right? I mean, yes, you can brand, find the brand new iPhone 7 when it comes out, but you'll also be able to find an iPhone 5, for example, yeah. right? And you can't find that easily in a lot of other nope. places, right? Nope, definitely so, not. Um, and so this, this long, this broad spectrum of value we have gives consumers a great deal of options and flexibility that... Other, that other places don't have. Like you can buy the brand new one, you can buy last year's model, you can buy this a refurbished one. It's backpacks. Pretty, uh, 
All right. It's awesome. my last purchase on yeah, eBay, yeah. interestingly enough. Yeah. yeah, you can buy, you know, it's you like, might buy a discontinued color on eBay. You might buy, you know, of course you can buy a brand new in season. And a lot, we have that. A lot of people have that. But we have this long, a, a, lot, a long list of other choices. Yes, yes. Like, um, you can buy maybe the generic version of it or a, or a refurbished version or a used version or last year's model or like all of these kinds of things. And so we give consumers that spectrum of value and that choice. And also we have just a long tail of things that we sell. Like, I mean, if you're interested in, in skiing, there's probably skiing, you know, accessories that you can find on eBay that you wouldn't easily find somewhere else. No way, except yeah. maybe the, some small corner shop somewhere in some, some place. But if we can bring that to a global platform and allow that inventory to be exposed to the consumers of the entire world, right? Yeah, because so. yeah, you can't go on, um, you know, you want to find uh, some video game from back in the day, PlayStation right. 1. You're yeah. not going to go to the big, not not the brick and mortar or even the big online shops a lot of the time yeah. and find that you're going to go first to eBay. Yep. And I think a lot of people think about, I mean, it was started, tell me if I'm wrong, in kind of the collectibles realm. I mean, at least the early days, if I'm not mistaken. Well, collectibles, has, I think, has, has a lot of people do think of eBay as... Uh, as, as you know, having a business in collectibles, and there are things that people are collecting, but that is not most of the business, business yeah, at, yeah, all, at all, right? But so, it, the, it, it, the, you can think, Oh, I need you know to find this old baseball card or something like that, okay, sure, right? But, uh, you know, you'd be amazed at the amount of like brand new inventory we have. In fact, close to 80% of what we sell is actually brand new, interesting. Right? So, okay, see, that's yeah. curious. So, so when you said, you know, we want this is what triggered this thought in my head is we want the world to shop first on eBay, yeah. With that being the case, sure, if, it, if it's something you know you're not going to likely find in a store, eBay is great to come to mind, but of course... Um, Even the things you do find in the store? You would find it. Yeah, yeah, right, right. So, so, that's, so that's it. If you can cover both bases, yeah. now you can, you can fulfill that objective. That's right. Um, so that's curious. So yeah, so it, it does make sense for you guys. And of course, it, you likely entice your sellers or let your sellers know... When product X first comes out, man, if you're if you're a big listing here, yeah, you're gonna see it, you know, pop off. Yeah, you, I mean, you can you can check out. There's amazing deals on brand new, you know, brand new, the latest, you know, whatever piece of electronics, TVs, like or yeah. phones, so, or, yeah. yeah, all that stuff. Um, out of curiosity, you know, it, it's it's interesting to see how how you folks are leveraging, um, you know, data science here. Um, when when you look at what you're doing, and maybe you look across the business landscape. Um, is there anything that you see as, given where technology has taken us now, presumably you've been in this industry for, for a while applying uh, data science, um, is there anything that you might even consider closer to being low-hanging fruit for small and medium businesses who are aiming to really glean real value from data science, not do experiments for their own sake, but drive business initiatives as you are? Um, what do you see as kind of those opportunities for the littler guys of the world? So I would say my biggest advice and starting point would be make sure that your data is actually organized around your customer. Uh, most businesses, uh, especially when they're starting, uh, have their business oriented by, uh, or their data oriented by store, or by country, or by region, or they'll have it by uh, channel, like I sold this much electronics and I sold this much fashion, or I sold this much on my des desktop and I sold this much on mobile, but they won't have the data organized by customer. Like, how much did your highest value customers buy? Or who are your highest value customers? Do you know how often they come and shop with you? Do you, you know, and really understanding things from a customer perspective will go a long way towards allowing you to treat different customers differently, right? Um, 
and like even in any one store, there's all different types of customers, right? Back to the variabilities opportunities point. There are some people who've been there for the first time. There are some people who've been there a hundred times. Are you treating them the same way? Are you going to treat them differently? And are you going to understand that? And if you don't have the data organized by customer and say, okay, that's a high value person. That's a brand new person. Mm. That that's somebody who's likely to, you know, uh, buy in this category. That's somebody like those kinds of things can go a long way. So that's one, yep. I would say. Another area is, uh, and this more obviously applies uh, more to the online world, which is don't look at just transactional data, like what people bought, although there's a lot of value there, but also look at behavioral data. What are people doing as they interact with you? What are they searching? What are they clicking on? How long are they spending on your site? You know, what, you know, what, what are they actually, what are they doing? Even if they didn't buy in that session, what are they doing? And that can give you clues into like their demand and their intent. And that might help you fuel, you know, fuel your store uh, as well. Uh, a couple other uh, areas that are, um, that I would tap into as you get more sophisticated. One, uh, real time is becoming a big trend. You know, you can look at yesterday's sales and then you can try to maybe react to that and you do this batch process, but do you know how much you sold in the last 20 minutes? And do you, and then are you, do you know what's hot like right now? And can you react to data in real time as opposed to just thinking about just batch, right? And can, can you make, and especially in the digital world, we have the ability to react. Quickly, yes. Right? Yes. In a physical store, you can't go rearrange a store in real time, right? right? But in the digital world, you can. Uh, and then that's where you get into, ultimately get into a kind of machine learning and artificial intelligence. It's like, it, you know, you've, we've all been hearing about artificial intelligence kind of like since the 80s, but now we've really reached, you know, the sweet spot in terms of the compute power and memory power and the amount of data that we could use to throw at this problem that aren't typically solved with traditional approaches. And now there's, it's gotten a resurgence, right, uh, in the world. And like, how are you going, like, for example, to take the homepage of, of eBay or any other website, could a machine auto lay out that for every person, right? As opposed to as opposed to a human saying, "Well, I'll put this here, put yeah, this here, put yeah. this here," right? Um, and so there'll be a combination of a kind of human-assisted machines, is what I would think uh, the way I think about it, right? Um, I mean, machines not going to completely figure out on its own. However, if that one thing that you got in your lower left corner is not selling as well as it could, a machine could swap it out with something automatically, as opposed to waiting for a human to say, yep. "Oh, let me look at the data tomorrow and let me decide it wasn't selling well, and let me try to do something." Right. Uh, so, so um, real time, you know, big trend. Yeah. Uh, machine again, learning, is another big trend. Yep. yep. And leveraging machine learning in yeah. that sense. So there are some maybe in, in any given business. If we're talking about you know selling to consumers, in any given business, maybe there is some uh, some adjustable elements that if you had a you know uh, enough data coming through and you had models that you could sort of let run, um, you know, with a little bit of human help every now and again, could kind of run in the background and, and you know yield more dollars than you would if you just kept something static because we don't have the time for a guy to go over and change it mm -hmm. for that one user. Mm -hmm. um, okay, got it. Mm -hmm. And obviously that would require bringing on you know some data science talent and really having folks on board who can build out those kind of models, but um, that's important. Yeah, I mean, you can imagine well. doing it kind of in aggregate. On average, this thing isn't selling that well. Or you can imagine doing it at the individual level. Yeah. For you, it doesn't sell that well, but for this person, it's a hot item, so keep it there. Right? Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. And obviously that... that variability of all those people that that is the opportunity that's a good takeaway lesson from this interview zohar so mm -hmm. i appreciate you being with us on the tech emergence podcast awesome great glad to do it thanks well, that wraps up today's episode here on the tech emergence podcast and thanks for tuning in 
If you'd like to stay in touch with our latest interviews with C-level executives, top researchers and thinkers in the domains of AI and the intersection of technology and intelligence, then make sure to subscribe here on iTunes or visit us on our main website at techemergence.com where you can see all of our interviews broken down by category as well as articles, news, market research and trends in artificial intelligence. If you found this episode particularly thought-provoking, feel free to leave your thoughts in a review here on iTunes, or you can feel free to reach out to us at our main website. Thanks as always for tuning in, and I'll catch you next week.